You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome this week to this week's edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. Oh, it's been a wonderful week of retro gaming for me. I got to play a little bit more of the game I'm going to be uh, reviewing tonight. And yet, I'm still stuck in the same spot that I've been for 30 years now. That's the thing about retro games is their challenges stand the test of time. Yes, they do. (laughs) Especially (laughs) the one I'm going to be talking about tonight. But uh, to start us off tonight, we have some news. It's a work in progress, but soon nearly every issue of Nintendo Power will be available online for free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. <laughs> I actually read a couple of issues last night when um, when I found out about it. Uh, it still, I mean, I, I still remember a lot of the stuff in those issues because I read them back to back, like like front to back over and over and i didn't know how much of them i had memorized until now oh same here like when i found this uh this article and this is from den of geek proving there proving that there is a little good left in the world the internet archive library appears to be in the process of uploading every single issue of nintendo power to the internet that's cover everything and it, oh, it's, it's great. It's awesome. fantastic. It's been awesome to go back. Like, do you remember the comic series that they would do? Like they did a Super Mario World comic. They did a Link to the Past comic. Like they would have segments in different issues. And I think it would go um, over a calendar year. Like yes. It would start in January and then would end in December. I love those things. Oh, yeah. I still love the Howard and Nestor comics, too, that were in there. Oh, I completely forgot about those until, like, I read one of the issues. And I'm like, oh, I remember this. I love those. And I hated whenever they stopped doing them. And I used to love all the contests they used to do. It's fun to go back and look at the contest that they used to do back in those issues. And, oh, man, I just I miss that time in gaming. It just doesn't feel that way anymore. It doesn't. And I mean, magazines just in general aren't as big as they used to be. I remember every quarter they would do, um, in Nintendo Power, they would have a catalog. And I might have mentioned this in the first episode we did, but they would have a catalog with merchandise that you could get. Like you could uh, get stamps from the catalog. And if you got like 25 stamps, you could get a Mario hat or you could get a (laughs) keychain. And that was the only way you could get Nintendo merchandise. And it's crazy now because you can walk into like a Walmart or a Target or a Toys R Us and you'll see a Mario figure collection. And I'm like, yeah. where was this when I was a kid? <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the coolest thing about it was, and don't get me wrong, I love the internet. I love being able to get my news instantly. But there was something that 
you that kids to now and I sound like an old man by saying this, but there was something special about waiting on that issue every month. And when it finally came in the mail, it's just that was your afternoon when when you got home from school and that month's issue of Nintendo Power came in the mail. That was your entire afternoon was just sitting in the, the bean bag reading Nintendo Power from from cover to cover and all the little tips and tricks. And I remember uh, a few uh, episodes ago, we were talking, we were trying to remember the name of the people in the, the comics, the now, you know what? Now I can't remember it again. <laughs> oh my God. What were they called? They were the game. Uh... I'm oh, trying shoot. to remember. Uh, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, but there are it's... counselors, the Nintendo game counselors, the yes. NGCs, and they would give yep. you like little stats every month and they would give you like little, you know, like little personality things about these people that were Nintendo game counselors. And if nobody knows what that is, the Nintendo game counselors um, were they were set up by Nintendo and they were these people that you would call, you would call a number. Like if you got stuck on a game, you could call this number and you would get connected to a Nintendo game counselor. And for, you know, a dollar 99 a minute, <laughs> they would help you get past certain places in games. Cause these people were like, you know, professional game players and, Oh, I wanted to be one so bad when I was a kid. Oh, me too. I, I never used them. At least I can't remember to my knowledge. But I used them I, one time. I, I begged my mom to let me use the phone to call. I think the call might have lasted five minutes, but it, I'm sure it was like a $20 phone call. Do you remember what game it was for? I, I don't remember. Uh, more no, than likely, it, it was good. probably Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> hint, hint as to discussion for later. Yes. But just just looking at all the old Nintendo powers was really cool. I remember always loving the covers. That was what mm-hmm. I was always... My number one question is what game was going to be on the cover. Yeah. So I went through and looked at all the covers and seeing like the Zeldas, the Marios, even the lesser known ones like the Secret of Mana, the RPGs, the numerous ones for the Super Nintendo era. Mm-hmm. It was just really cool looking back and seeing that. I hate that Nintendo Power's not around anymore, but that was such a fun time and yeah. just something that you looked forward to every month. And if you've never, even if you have no nostalgia whatsoever for any type of retro gaming or anything, and why are you listening to this show? But if you've never read <laughs> Nintendo Power or anything like that, I suggest just going in and just picking a, a couple of random issues just to go back and take a look of what the gaming culture was back in that time. And it's such a perfect uh, just trip down the uh, nostalgia lane to go through those old issues. And I'm so glad that they finally put those online to read. It's definitely one of the positives about the internet. Yeah. It's just too bad they don't have Nintendo power anymore. I mean, I understand that Nintendo doesn't quite have the cultural significance that it used to have. Um, and I don't think a, 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 you know, a paper magazine can survive in this type of climate, but they could do something online or, you know, have a website up 
on you know nintendopower.com and you go there and you get tips and tricks and learn about the new games coming out and stuff like that it's just an idea and i would definitely look at it if they did yeah but also we do have some other news yeah um sonic the hedgehog is officially 25 years old this year if that doesn't make you feel old um, oh my god and in an article on retrogamer.net um, it says two years after the 1989 release of the Genesis North America, Sega found itself in a fairly strong position stateside. Um, they had, they were doing, um, they didn't really have, I think the pack-in game before that was, uh, was Altered Beast. And they needed to have a, a mascot, basically, like Nintendo did. They had Mario. Sega didn't have a mascot, so they set their designers to the task of coming up with a brand um, with a brand new hero to represent the company and its new console. During the initial idea stage, many designs were pitched and considered. Rabbits, armadillos, and even human characters, but in the end, it was a teal-colored hedgehog that was finally selected, put forward by artist Naoto Oshima, who had previously worked as a designer on the first two Fantasy Star games. Originally dubbed Mr. Needlemouse, Oshima's creation went through a number of changes before becoming the zippy blue hedgehog we know today. And that was 25 years ago. What's crazy is I can remember Sonic the Hedgehog 1 coming out all the way back in 91. And I had gotten a Genesis just for the Sonic games. Like, I had all of them, even the bad 2D ones. <laughs> if Sonic's name was on it, I had to get it. Yeah. I, they're just so different than a Mario or a Zelda because you're just running through a level trying to get through it as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Just such a different style of play. I still like the Sonic games. Some of the newer ones I think are good. They're obviously not as good as the classics. Because, like, Sonic has struggled to transition into 3D, which I don't know if you know this, but uh, Sega is working on two new Sonic games yeah. that are coming out in 2017. One is called Sonic Mania, which is similar to the old 2D games, just with slightly better graphics, but it still looks 16-bit in a way, which I think is kind of cool, but you can tell it's in high definition. Yeah. Well, I and think they're, that's. They're, oh, go ahead. Oh, I think that's the world that uh, Sonic needs to live in. Is that two D? Uh, go as fast as you can to get through the level. I just don't think Sonic works as well as Mario does, as far as moving into a three D universe. Yeah, and they're also releasing a new three D game to come out in 2017. And from the trailer that's out, it's got modern Sonic and classic Sonic, which one of the better. Um, Sonic games that have come out recently was Sonic Generations and that was for the 20th anniversary mm -hmm. which is crazy to think because it's already been five years but wow. you play through <laughs> a lot of the uh, classic Sonic levels some that go as far back as to the original game and some to recent ones but you can play them as modern and classic Sonic classic Sonic you play through it in 2D and modern Sonic is th a 3D 2D hybrid so doing that, I thought, was kind of cool. That added a new dynamic to the 3D aspect of it, which I think has been good. 
But I will say I'm looking forward much more to the 2D one than the the 3D one. Yeah, I just don't know how they can do a 3D Sonic and make it interesting. I mean, unless they do some sort of mechanic, kind of like a racing game. Because the whole point of Sonic is the speed aspect of it. And you take that out and put them in a 3D world, I just don't think... I, I don't know. I just don't see how it works in a 3D environment that's not based on his speed and getting through a level as fast as you can. Yeah, I'll definitely be interested to see more info for this 3D one, but like the 2D one, I'm already sold from the trailer. I'll definitely be getting that one. And what's crazy is there's actually going to be, I believe in 2018, a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's going to be a live okay. action slash CG combo type movie, and that's going to be coming out. Um, they haven't set a specific time frame, but sometime in 2018. And I'll definitely be interested to follow it because I'm a huge Sonic fan. But as far as the games go, I agree with you. I think they should stick with the 2D. Yeah, that that would be my my thing. Is even if they only you know they put it out on you know ps4 xbox one the the nintendo store just keep it a a simple 2d platformer and i think people will be happy yeah i I totally agree well moving on to our um next segment we have this month in gaming history in august of 1988 sega released altered beast a beat-em-up arcade game The game is set in ancient Greece and follows a centurion who is resurrected by Zeus to rescue his daughter Athena, and to do so becomes able to turn into beasts such as the werewolf with the use of power-ups. After its initial arcade release, it was ported to several home video game consoles and home computers, including the Mega Drive slash Genesis for which it was a pack-in game. I never played that game. Did you ever play Altered Beast? I did not. Um, The name sounds very familiar. But I never played it. It's one of those games I immediately associate with the Sega Genesis. But like I said, I never had a Genesis. And Sonic was not enough to get me to beg my parents to buy me a Genesis when I knew that the Nintendo, uh, the Super Nintendo was right around the corner. Mm. And that was going to be my 16-bit console of choice. You definitely made the right choice. Like I said, I love the Sonic games, but... The Super Nintendo just has such a better library than the Genesis. And I, I would like to to get a working Genesis and buy some games and do some reviews on here for that because it is a genre that I missed. I didn't get to play the Genesis back in the day, and I have zero nostalgia for those games, so it'd be interesting to play them and see if they hold up in any type of way. Oh, for sure. I'd, I'd love to do the same thing because other than Sonic, I never played any other Genesis games. Yeah, I didn't either. I had a friend of mine that had one, and all he had was Sonic, and that's the only Genesis game I've ever played. But, it's uh, it's kind of sad, because I feel like the Genesis would have had more potential. And I'm sure it has its cult fan base, but it, it just never appealed does. to me other than Sonic. Yeah, because that's really... Like, you think of Nintendo, I can th- immediately think of about 10 games that readily come to mind when I think of Nintendo or Super Nintendo. But Genesis, it's really just Sonic and Altered Beast. 
I can't think of any other games that were synonymous with that system. And I know a lot of people are probably screaming at me through their, you know, whatever device they're listening to, but I just, it wasn't on my radar at the time at, at all. I did play vector man and that was kind of fun, but I, I just played a demo of it in a Sears in the early nineties. I don't even know what so, that is. <laughs> I, I remember nothing about the plot. You just, it was like a, your typical platformer you're playing is this guy who's made out of like green spheres hmm. and he basically just like punches and kicks people. That's cool. But it was, <laughs> it was just pretty much a, a straightforward type of game. I remember playing the demo, I think once or twice and I was like, Oh, this is kind of neat, hmm. but well, cool. I never got the game. If I find a, a Genesis at a flea market or something, I think I might go ahead and pick it up. You can probably find a good deal for one. Yeah. I'll keep everybody updated on that. Um, I'm making another flea market trip here in the next week or two and see what I can dig up. I got to start doing that. I, I've got to look up flea markets in the area and you see should. if I can find anything. You're pretty close to the the one. You're, you live in Pensacola, so you're pretty close to the one. There's a really big one in uh, Mobile, Alabama. That's actually pretty much right between where me and you are. Yeah, because Mobile is about an hour away from yeah. me. It's about 45 minutes from me, so maybe we can meet up over there one weekend. Yeah, mutual uh, mutual meeting place. That'd be awesome. We could do a little recording, to, uh, maybe do a little video of what we're looking for. I think that would work. We should do something like one of the old... Um, I don't know if you ever watched uh, PBS, but they had this show called like um, Antique Roadshow. Mm-hmm. Oh, Make I it look like an show. old infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of funny. That'd be awesome. We should do that. Let's plan yeah. that. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, well, baseball season's about to be over, so I'll have a oh, lot yeah. more free time. Well, we are going into the next segment now. Where we're going to be talking about some uh, retro video games that we've been playing lately. And here is some music from the one I'm going to be reviewing tonight. I know there's a lot of people out here that knows what that music is for. It's for Ninja Gaiden, known in Japan as Ninja Ryukenden, literally meaning Legend of the Ninja Dragon Sword, and as Shadow Warriors in Europe. It is probably, it, it is notorious for being probably one of the hardest video games ever made for the Nintendo system. And it is chock full of cheap deaths and rage inducing moments. But I think the thing that saves this game is it has a really good story to it. And then the controls are nearly perfect. I mean, you won't find another game other than Mega Man two or the super Mario brothers franchise where the, the controls are as fluid and tight as they are in this game. And it's, I think that's the one thing that really kept me playing the game because, like I said earlier, I'm still stuck on the same boss that I was stuck on, you know, when I was a kid. And it, it's almost muscle memory up to that point. And I've watched a lot of walkthroughs the last few weeks on how to get through these last couple of bosses, and they make it look so easy. It makes me angry. And 
here's a little story I'm going to tell. Um, I, and <laughs> I never even told my wife this when we pulled out the Nintendo a few months ago, my wife was looking at the controllers and she said, did you guys have a dog? I'm like, no, what do you mean? Well, there are teeth marks in the, the controller. I thought maybe you guys had a dog or something. And I looked at her and I said, oh, I don't know. Maybe there was a rat or something in storage. You know, what really happened was this game would make me so angry when I was a kid that I would literally bite my controllers and throw them against the wall. Holy crap. <laughs> and I'm not lying about this. This game is rage inducing. But here's the story. The story is about a ninja named Ryu Hayabusa. He journeys to America to avenge his murdered father. There he learns a person named the Jaquio, which I don't know how to pronounce that. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Plans to take control of the world by unleashing an ancient demon through the power contained in two statues. Now, his uh, Ryu's father was also a ninja, but he was also a professor, and he was working with another professor, and they found these two statues and some ruins in Brazil and come to find out that uh, there was an ancient ninja by the name of Shinobi, which is weird because Shinobi was a Sega product, had killed the demon and uh, put the light and dark essences of the demon into these two statues and buried them so that they would never be found again. Well, of course, this guy, the Jaquio, is trying to put the two uh, statues back together again. And also the CIA is involved. And it's one of the first games to have cutscenes, which is really cool. And they still stand up to this day. If you've never played this game, I highly recommend it, but be prepared to play probably the hardest game you will ever play in your life. And it's, I'm not joking when I say that. It is the hardest game I have in my collection and that I ever played, but didn't get pissed off enough to stop playing it. I still step, kept playing it, and I still play it to this day. So I can highly recommend this game. If you come across it at a flea market or at a retro game store, uh, especially if you find one complete in box, it's probably going to be a couple of hundred bucks to do that. But if you find the the a stray cart or or something, you know, even I mean, you can do without instructions these days. You know, you can uh, look online and stuff. But if you can find just the cartridge, definitely pick it up. It's it. I would pay upwards of 10, 15 bucks for this game. Because it is uh, pretty common, but not as common as like Super Mario Brothers three or or something like that, or a Super Mario Brothers. There's a lot of games out there that are uh, going to be easier to find than this one because this is one of those games that that people have it. They don't want to get rid of it because it is such a good game. Um, so yeah, if you come across this game, definitely pick it up. I might get hung up on for this, but. I have never played Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> you need to, trust me. Um, get yourself an, an emulator or go find an old Nintendo. Get this game because as fun as it is, I mean, as hard as it is, it's still probably one of the most fun games I ever played. Listening to you like explain the story of it, because honestly, I had no idea what the game was even about until you explained it, it sounds like it would make a pretty good movie, too. 
I think it would. I mean, I, this franchise still lives to this day. I mean, they've made um, probably at least 10, 12 Ninja Gaiden games at this point. I mean, almost every system since the release of this game has had some sort of Ninja Gaiden game. I mean, the, the Xbox, the Xbox 360, the PS3, PS2, PS1. I mean, they've all had some sort of a Ninja Gaiden game. It's that good of a genre. And even as hard as they are, they're still, the gameplay is so fun. The story just keeps you going so you can find out what's coming next. And the music, it, it, oh my God, the music for this game just gets bored into your brain and it just won't leave. You just think of these, The each level has its own theme and it, they're so catchy and just heart pounding that I just, it's, I love it. And even though it drives me crazy, I have a love hate relationship with this game and I will, I will. It's on my bucket list that I'm going to defeat this damn game before I'm dead. It's going to happen. And when it does, I, there's not much left to do with my life. (laughs) (laughs) My life is complete. Yes. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Ninja Gaiden, including like combo packs with the trilogy and the game also coming out in arcade. There have been 17 Ninja Gaiden games. Wow. I knew it was up there. I didn't know it was that many. It's uh, the first game came out in 88 and then the trilogy came out in 95. There was a long break. And then Ninja Gaiden came out in 2004 and the most recent was uh, Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z in 2014. Wow. That's a lot of installments. They're still for, making that's, that's this awesome. game. I mean, they're still making it. It just goes to show the longevity that this story and this game has. I mean, to start on the Nintendo, and it's still getting made today. That, that says something for the franchise. One thing I'm curious about, like I'm seeing that Ninja Gaiden's part of a trilogy. Did you play either two or three? Uh, yes, I did have Ninja Gaiden 2, which I don't know what happened to my copy of it. It's probably just, I've moved so many times in my life, it probably just got lost somewhere along the way. Um, but I did have Ninja Gaiden 2, and let me tell you, it's harder than the first Ninja Gaiden. I didn't really get very far in that game. I didn't even try three. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, that that's awesome though. I I can tell that you're really passionate about this Ninja Gaiden game and I'll definitely have to try it whenever I get some free time, like to get, because I I do want to get an NES at some point. Like I have, I have the super Nintendo but I want to get the NES too and build a collection with that. I'll definitely have to try out Ninja Gaiden because it sounds like so much fun from the way you explained it. It's definitely one of the must-haves on anybody's Nintendo collection. This should be in everybody's collection because this game is so good and the, the controls are so good, the music, the graphics, the story, the cutscenes, everything on this game is great. It's just... The, the the difficulty on this game ramps up with each level to 
ungodly proportions by the time you start to get towards the end of the game, which is where I'm at. There are so many cheap deaths in this game that you just, uh, it's, it, it makes you so angry that you're, <laughs> you're just like, I want to go to the programmers and be like, why did you make it this hard? Games were for children. <laughs> you know, you're going to, um, you see the, the notches in my controller. This is from my teeth. You know, that's how angry I got playing this game, but I love it. I still love it to this day. It's still one of my favorite games of all time. It should definitely be a part of anyone's collection. You should walk up to the programmers and say, you have no soul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, That's awesome, though. Let's go ahead and move on to your game, which I have a little music here. Sounds like smooth jazz. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm actually swaying my hands yeah. back and forth to the music. Uh, that music is from probably my all-time favorite RPG, Earthbound. Earthbound has a huge cult following. This game was originally released in Japan in August of 1994. Came out in June of 95 in the United States, and I remember this like it was yesterday. I was at Walmart, and I see this huge box for a Super Nintendo game. And I notice that it's got a giant like spacesuit on the cover, and it just says Earthbound in huge letters. And the reason why the box is so big is because it came with the strategy guide which was kind of unheard of because you always had to buy the, the strategy guide separately. But I got the game, and when I opened it, I found uh, this collection of uh, scratch-and-sniff stickers. <laughs> and they had I noticed that it was a huge variety of characters. There's a kid in a red hat, a girl in a pink dress, um, a giant mushroom with eyes, and a pile of puke. With eyes and a mouth. <laughs> I've never played this game before, so I, I'm 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 gonna shut up because I'm really want to hear you talk about it now. Oh, it's it's so good. Uh, the story of the game it's about this kid named Ness, and he lives in the small town of Wanet, and a meteorite crashes in the middle of the night, and it turns out that this is to signify the arrival of this universal evil being known as Gyges who wants to take over the world. Well, there's this prophecy that this kid along with three friends will defeat Gyges. And obviously he wants to prevent this from happening. And later on in the game, you deal with time travel and various things like that. But it's basically you and your three friends that you meet uh, later on in the game you go to different points called uh, your sanctuary. And there are different locations like um, a giant footprint, um, a rainy circle where it's just this circle of water where it's always raining <laughs> inside of the circle. There's, I believe, eight different locations. And you go to cities, swamps, deserts, uh, snowy mountains. 
And the weirdest thing about this game is that it was themed as basically being a satire of Western culture by Japan. And it's done really well. Like it's not, you know, for the politically correct people, it's not done in an offensive way. <laughs> but it has a very light and goofy tone to it. But at the same time, you have this impending feel of doom. Like there's a countdown going on. Like you have to hurry and you know, get to these locations so you can be strong enough to fight this this giant being who is pretty much uh, so powerful that he's insane and can't even control his own abilities by the time you actually fight him. But uh, to tell you, like, how quirky this game is, um, I've pulled up a list of some of the enemies that you fight because when you go to different towns, there can be um, animals or even people that are possessed by evil. Like, say, in Wanette, you fight um, rabid dogs or snakes or crows. Um, when you get to the second town, which, ironically enough, is called Tucson, spelled with T-W-O, and Wanette <laughs> is O-N-E, the third town is called Threed. Which, so they do that for a couple of towns. But um, you fight people in Tucson, and... Uh, one of the enemies you fight, and I'm not lying when I say this, is called the unassuming local guy. <laughs> so, like, he'll run up to you because you can tell when people are evil because they have blue faces. They run up to you. The battle screen comes up and it says the unassuming local guy attacked. And I'm like, what in the world is this? But it's just such a fun, quirky RPG because you get to meet so many cool people. And it does have that satire of western culture but it's funny it's very funny it's kind of a long game too but it's so much fun like i love going back and playing this game i do it probably once every couple of years and they finally released it for the the wii u virtual console um a year or two ago and is the day that it came out i bought it and i started playing it because this is a game that is up there as far as hours I've put into a game is up there with like Mario World and mm -hmm. uh, Zelda Link to the Past. Like this is the RPG I've easily played the most. And it's so much fun. And the, the graphics, you know, it has that 16-bit look, but I think it still holds up and it's very fitting to the style of, of the game. And there was a sequel that was released, but not in the U.S. Um, originally, Earthbound is part of the Mother series. There's Mother 1 that came out in Japan and came out um, on the virtual console recently called Earthbound Beginnings. Mother 2 is Earthbound, and then Mother 3 came out in Japan only, where it has kind of a similar story, but with different characters. Hmm. But this game is just so much fun. It's funny. Um, it's got some pretty witty... Uh, like bits of commentary in it. And there's even um, a group, a musical group called the Runaway Five that you meet a couple of times, and they remind you of like the Beatles meets the Blues Brothers. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. Um, does the gameplay sort of play like, um, like Final Fantasy, that type of gameplay where uh, it's turn-based or yes. is it? Okay. Yes, it, it is turn-based. And a lot of people, like I, I've talked to newer gamers that don't really like that type of gameplay, but it's what I grew up with, so it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. The, the, the 
the battles are very simplified because you don't even see your own character on the screen. Like it's just the enemy and in the background is usually something psychedelic like there's a bunch of waves and bright colors in the background and whenever you attack the enemy just flashes and it says you know whatever damage done to whatever enemy you're fighting yeah i really want to break out the super nintendo and start collecting the old rpgs because the super nintendo is well known for having some of the best rpgs of all time um, oh, absolutely. And I, this looks like one that would be right up my alley. You know, and you know what this kind of, and I know it's not remotely anything like this game, but one of my favorite games for the Super Nintendo was uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Did you ever hear about that game? Oh, I heard a lot about that game. I remember it being featured in Nintendo Power. I never actually played it, but I remember it being a big story. Yeah, it's it's really got kind of that. It's really good gameplay, but it's really kind of it. It's funny and it's kind of cartoonish, and that's what kind of this the the screenshots of this kind of remind me of. So um, that would be something that you should look into also is uh, for your Super Nintendo is getting Zombies Ate My Neighbors, possibly one of my favorite Super Nintendo games other than Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out, which if you want to see how Earthbound is, and it's kind of a cheap plug, but I have started doing a Earthbound Let's Play for my Throwback Thursday segment that I do for the YouTube channel. I've done, I think, three segments. I haven't done one in a while, but I'm going to start doing it again um, fairly soon because I've almost beaten Mario World and Link to the Past, so... I'll probably go back to Earthbound and then start um, Illusion of Gaia, which I reviewed a couple of weeks ago. But I I do want to say this about Earthbound for people that are collecting. This is one of the uh, most divisive games that I've seen because this baby is expensive. I'm looking at prices right now. The cheapest one I'm seeing on this page is $229. Ooh, wow. And there's one that I believe is complete in-box, mint condition, never been opened for $289. Yeah, and I'm looking at some of the nin- the Ninja Gaiden NES cartridges for um, on eBay right now and they usually run they they're they're running for usually about 10 between 10 and 20 bucks which isn't bad uh there's yeah. one here that that's got a really good label on it it's for you know, 14 bucks buy it now that would be totally worth it to me uh earthbound would be great but that's probably one you want to look for at a flea market or something cuz uh 2 300 bucks is a good bit of change to drop on a game yeah i know it's like i would love to have one in box in mint condition never opened but that would have to be something where if i like won the lottery yeah <laughs> and i just had the money i'd be like okay yeah i'll go buy earthbound but um, yeah I, I i do want to get a physical copy at some point but i'll have to find one for a good deal i mean i know that the cheapest one i could see would be maybe like 20 or 25 just because everywhere i've seen this game whether it be you know, online or at retro stores here in town, it's always so expensive. Yeah. 
I'm seeing some Ninja Gaiden complete in box here on eBay for around $70, which actually is not that bad. Um, oh. I might have to do this as a Christmas present for myself, but the expensive ones are actually Ninja Gaiden 3. That one's actually pretty rare. Uh, complete in box is going to run you about 350 bucks. Wow. So yeah, there, there, there's that. So <laughs> definitely keep keep an eye on the Ninja Gaiden uh, NES trilogy when you're out at a flea market or a garage sale or you know uh, anything like that. Just keep an eye out for those games. If you see them, pick them up because they're they're not only are that you know the two and three are kind of worth a little bit of money, but they're just they're just good games and definitely need to be a part of your collection. There, I want to say there's no way this is real, but I'm looking at this right now. There's a picture. It's Earthbound with box and manual. $850. Wow. Not a shot. Nope. Not a, no, I, <laughs> oh my God. I want to email this person and say they're a dumbass. For I'm looking at the that. same one you're looking at. There's another oh one here God. for $1,000. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's so wrong. Yeah, that I mean that's just I not ethical. I had never even heard of this game until uh, recently when I started looking up rare games and stuff like that. And then you said you were going to be uh, talking about it. And I'm like, wow, do you still have a copy of this? But no, you have it on emulate on you know the the Wii, Wii U store, which is still cool. But you know, if you ever come across a uh, across this game you definitely need to pick it up especially if you find it from somebody that doesn't know what they have yeah exactly like there's no way i'm paying 850 dollars. like i want to find out where this guy lives <laughs> I, I part of me wants to even drop his name but I, i'm not going to but i want to fly to where he lives and just shove my foot up his ass <laughs> i don't I, blame you <laughs> that, that's just not right to me there's no way that I would pay $850. But there are people that are, and that's why. It, and I honestly th I think the uh, retro gaming market is kind of in a bubble right now. Um, I started recollecting about 15 years ago, around the year 2000, and I had acquired a few games. I had gotten Bill and Ted, uh, a few other games. I don't remember what I had gotten at the time. And games were running between, you know, three to ten bucks at the ret at not really even retro gaming stores just gaming stores back then um and now you go to a retro game store you're paying a premium and i think a lot of it is so many people are getting into retro gaming and there are a lot of people that i want to say like speculators or something like that that think they're going to make a ton of money so they go and you've got the you know, the resellers at the flea markets that go and buy, they get there early and they buy um, things for really cheap from people who don't know what they have. And then they turn around and sell it for, you know, double what it's worth. And it's just, it's a crazy market. And I, it, it'll probably settle down in a few years, but I feel like we're in, in a kind of a, uh, 
time right now when retro gaming is really huge. And I think with things like the Nintendo coming out with the mini Nintendo, and if Sega ever comes out with a mini Genesis or, you know, Nintendo comes out with a mini Super Nintendo, and plus you've got the, the stores on the Wii U and stuff like that, I think it'll settle down a bit, at, you know, if we get more things into the market like that. And I do think if the mini NES sells well, I think we'll see a mini Super Nintendo. Oh, no doubt. I I guarantee you that thing's going to sell a million copies for or a million units for Christmas, guaranteed. It, maybe not even maybe more than that. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say they're going to sell 3 million units for Christmas. I like that. That's bold, but I like it. Yeah. I I'll, I'll go along with you on that. I I don't I think- I, I hope so. I and really I think them I I think I might even be even conservative on that number. It may even be upwards of 5, but that could be crazy talk, but you never know. There's a lot of nostalgia market out there that this is perfect for, especially at Christmas time and Nintendo. They may not have the the pop culture clout that they did back in the 80s, but they still have a huge name out there in pop culture. People know what Nintendo is and people have a lot of nostalgia for for the NES. And that comes out, a lot of people are going to buy it. I totally agree. It's going to be awesome. And also, um, Derek and I have been talking. Uh, we're coming up on the end of the uh, coming up on the end of the show here. We've been talking about it, and this show has done so well. And we thank all of you out there who have been listening and sharing and getting the word out about this show. I mean, I know we're only on the fourth episode. And we've been, we all, we were talking about just doing maybe six to eight episodes a season, but this show has done so well. We've been talking about going weekly. And if that happens, then we may have to change up the format a bit where we only review one, uh, one game a week so that we can kind of stretch our, our game reviews out a bit. Um, we'll be running out of games if we each do a game every week. Or, you know, we could even go bi-weekly if people are okay with that. Um, kind of let us know what you think. Get a hold of us on Twitter, uh, at NerdCaveRetro, or even email us, NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com, and let us know what you think. Would you like us to go weekly, or would you be okay with every two weeks? Kind of give us an idea of what you're thinking out there. Yeah, I mean, th- I think I speak for you, too. This show is just... It's been a lot of fun to do. We're only on the fourth episode, but it's probably my favorite thing to do is just discuss these old games. And, you know, if we go by, if we do every other week or we do every week, you know, just definitely let us know what you guys think because I just love doing this show. And I'll also thank you very much for everyone who's listened, shared, given feedback on the show. It's just been awesome. Yeah, thank you to everybody out there who's been listening and sharing, following us on Facebook and everything. And we definitely need more followers on Twitter. So go out there and follow us at NerdCaveRetro. And also, you can follow us individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. And also follow uh, at NerdCaveNetwork, and that's where you can find us at NerdCaveNetwork.com. Uh, and also, don't forget, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And I think that's pretty much going to wrap us up for this week. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good. Okay. 
Well, we will see you guys next week. And Derek, take us out. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.